this morning. Probably, Con, probably everybody here is more familiar with him than I am because I'm not from here. But you've seen his face, I'm sure, in the newspaper at some point. Um, Con is here on behalf of the Gideons. You never know what a conversation will produce. I believe I extended the invitation five years ago. Something like that to Con to come share sometime. You never know. I just assumed uh, he wasn't coming. And randomly I got a, a voicemail that said, this is Con Marshall. I believe you extended me an invitation a while ago. He said he's been practicing. He was in Burwell, and, and he was able to practice a couple times uh, his message. And so um, I'm excited. Con has, has deep connections to our church. His parents were faithful members of this church for ever. I mean, probably from... You know, for a, for a very long time, his parents were faithful members of the church. And so I'm excited to hear uh, Con share on behalf of the Gideons. Uh, he's going to share a message. He's going to share with us about what the Gideons are doing. He'll probably share with us who the Gideons are, just in case we're un- unfamiliar. Uh, but we look forward. We thank you for being with us this morning and, and just look forward to, to hearing God's word through you. Well, as Pastor said, I had the pri- privilege to speak at the churches in the Methodist churches in uh, both uh, Taylor, Nebraska, and in Burwell recently, and they didn't throw anything at me, and we, and everything, and I got a pretty good uh, recommendation from the pastor there, so I decided that since I'd already practiced, it'd be a good time to come to this church. This church has a special meaning to me, and I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. We have, we went by Burwell and Taylor because we were coming home from the Nebraska Gideon Convention, which was in Grand Island. And one of the stories we heard there was from Kevin Gordon, who's from uh, Aurora, Nebraska. He's the uh, state scripture coordinator for the Gideons. And he had taken a week-long vacation. No, it wasn't a vacation. He did lots and lots of work. He had gone to Rio de Janeiro with a bunch of other Gideons from around the world and also with the Gideons from Brazil. And they distributed a half million scriptures in Rio de Janeiro in a week. One of the stories that he heard there, he did not get the pleasure to meet this lady, but he heard the story because the Gideons were so proud of what was ha- had happened to this lady. Her name was Cynthia, and uh, she was raised in a really a weird family with a pagan religion. Uh, her mother was a, declared herself as a witch. Her father said he was a warlock, which is the male equivalent of a witch. And she was headed down that same pathway. They wanted her to go to do that. But some, a Gideon came by her high school where she was attending and gave her one of these scriptures. And she took it home and read it. He also testified to her. Besides just handing her out the scripture, he also gave her some, talked to her about it. Made her promise that she would read it. And she did read it. She accepted Christ and, became, and began attending a Protestant church in Rio. And after a while, uh, she went to youth groups. And after a while, a young man in that youth group noticed her. And Cynthia was pretty, pretty, pretty. So anyway, they started dating a little bit. And finally, he asked her to come and meet his parents. So Cynthia went with him. He opened the door, the front door. And Cynthia knew her father because the father was the one who had given her the testament. That's, he was the Gideon headed had distributed the testament to her. Well, the story gets even better. They got married, and now she and he, the Cynthia and her husband, are now missionaries, and they're serving in the jungles of the Amazon. 
And I just want to thank you for this opportunity to tell you more stories like this and quite a few testimonies about people who have received one of these precious little books. And they've read it, and they're convicted by the Holy Spirit, and they've accepted Christ as their Savior, and their lives have been changed. It happens all the time all around the world. I always like to say that the Gideons is a rapidly growing, multi-international organization with branch offices in 200 countries. Because that's how many Gideon camps we have in how many countries where Gideon camps have been established. And uh, I can't pronounce some of the names of some of these countries. I couldn't find them on a map. But I know that there's somebody there that's praying about the Gideon work. They're taking Bibles that are written in 70-some different languages and scriptures. And they're distributing them and helping and praying that, that people will come to know the Lord and will spend their lives serving the Lord, and, and the, the sun never sets on the Gideon ministry. I really know of no other organization with such far-reaching impact. I really don't. In, in, all in the name of Christ. Isn't it wonderful, though? We praise the Lord for opening the doors of these countries, and we just, uh, for, the, for all the growth that has occurred. It took the Gideons 40 years to distribute the first one million scriptures. Forty years. That's probably about the time, as we mentioned in Sunday school class, that Jimmy Raven would have been a member of some of that time in those first 40 years. But anyway, and I know he distributed lots of scriptures himself uh, and was a very, very faithful member. But now we distribute over 1.75 million scriptures a week. That adds up to like 88 million a year. That's a lot of boxes of Bibles, folks. But it's because we have support from Christians like you, from churches where we can purchase more scriptures and hand them out. Hand out these precious little books and you know about the motel Bibles and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Yes, we come seeking some support from you. We seek your prayers in particular. The, the safety of travel for the Gideons to go around the world and go to places they don't really know about but, and distribute the word. We seek your prayers for that. We seek your prayers that the doors will remain open in these countries and that, that we can still be, have the freedom to, to go and distribute them and that, that people will read them, absorb them, and, and accept Christ as their Savior. As we said, we have an offering basket back there. Because of this church's special connection with my family, Mom and Dad, Bob and Jeanette Marshall, attended this church for the last uh, probably 10 years or more of their lives. And I know they were instrumental in helping build some of the new. I'm not sure that this was done yet when they passed away, and Casey would probably know that. But, but anyway, they worked. This is a church that they loved. And, they, and when Mom died, it was so refreshing that people from Crawford and this church came to our house, brought gobs of food, and... We're just such a great, great fellowship. And, and uh, so I'm going to make an offer to you today. It, I will match every dollar that you put in your offering, and I will write a check back to your church for that. Now, we may have to make some limits on this, Casey. I don't want you writing a huge check. But because we heard about a story that comes out of the Gideon, the conventions I've attended, that the Gideons in South Carolina, they had never been to this little church out in the country before, and they went and finally, kind of like we stayed away, they must have stayed away a long time, kind of like this church, you know. But anyway, there was a newly converted 
Christian lady there. She'd become a Christian. She hadn't been a Christian. She wrote a check that morning for $138,000. And when the Gideon, who about fell over, of course, when he saw the check, he uh, told the pastor and said, well, come back next year. She may give you a bigger one. Apparently, she was from a fairly wealthy family, wouldn't you say? But anyway, and what do we do with the money? It's all used to purchase these scriptures and distribute them around the world. All of the, all of the expenses that the Gideons have, the salaries that the people who work in Nashville, Tennessee, where our headquarters are, all of those are paid for by Gideon dues. So you don't, we're not using it for administrative purposes. We're using the, for what we get from, from uh, churches and from Christians is to use to buy more scriptures. And at $138 million, even though these cost only a dollar and a quarter, it still comes out to be a quite a lot of money at the end of the year. I can tell you more stories about the effects of these scriptures. This comes from San Paulo, Brazil, another big, huge town in, the, in that country. And the day after Washington Domingo was his name, and he, uh, the day after he was born, his parents left him by a bush to die. But miraculously, a policeman found him, took him to a hospital. He spent three months there, and then he went and lived with an uncle for the first ten years of his life. The uncle finally died, and he had to go back and live with his dad, who had a different wife by then. But they beat him. They drank a lot. They, had, they, they weren't good to him whatsoever, and he ran away at age 12 and lived on the streets. He had learned to read, and finally, one day, he received a Gideon Testament that somebody had left or gave to him. And he read Psalms 37 and 5, which says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will, and he will act. And in his words, he, he wanted to trust in something, so he trusted in the Lord. He went to the nearest church he could find, talked to the pastor there, and accepted Christ as his Savior. In 1992, he was baptized, and soon after that, a Christian businessman, he used the word invested in me, gave him a home, allowed him to go to school, and seven years later, he became a minister. And he said at the end of his testimony, everything was against me, but today I am a man of God and am very happy. So that Gideon Testament, convicted by the Holy Spirit and used right, he, his life was completely changed. I have another story we talk about, you know, you know about the Gideons. Their first job or first goal was to place a, motel, uh, a scripture at the desk of every hotel in the United States. That's 117 years ago that happened. There weren't very many Holiday Inns or, or Best Westerns or anything around. But after, it wasn't too long before they decided to put one in every room, and we do that. And you know how many motels there are. Go to Ogallala, Nebraska. I know there's over a thousand rooms there because I helped them. Repl- they're along the interstate, and I helped them replace the Bibles there a couple of years ago. Every room got a new, a new Bible in it. But anyway, there's lots and lots of those. And the new, the no, new hotel in uh, Shadron now has New Testament or has uh, Bibles in it. But anyway, this lady's name was Melanie. She'd been on a flight from uh, from Miami to. London, she'd served two meals. She'd been up for 24 hours, she said. She, she checked into the a, a hotel in London, and she turned the key and her, said her first thought was, I wonder if there'll be a Bible in, in any of the drawers there. 
And she, be, she looked around, and yes, there was. And she was glad about it that night when she checked in. She said she'd been a flight attendant for 40 years and said she views it as an amazing miracle that there are always, nearly always anyway, test or uh, Bibles available in those motels. said, I know of no organization that fulfills Matthew 28:19 better. Go into all the world, baptizing, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And so, that, and she said, you have blessed countless flight attendants like me who have many homes away from home. Thank you so much for doing that. I also, uh, this, in the last edition of the Gideon Magazine, which comes out six times a year, there was this story that really tugged at my heart. It's got a little humor in it also, though. This lady's name was Elaine. In 1983, she had lost custody of her son. She said she, she, said she was an emotional mess after that happened particularly after the day she visited him down in Houston where he, he and that was the first time she'd ever seen him in a, in a different place than, than her home. She said as she left him, she couldn't, couldn't stop crying, spent the night in a motel in Beaumont, Texas. She looked around and found a Gideon Bible. She started reading it, found a verse that changed her life and said, I met Jesus that night. It wasn't an instantaneous change, but it did change your life eventually. So he took the, and said, I met Jesus. And anyway, that in 19, she wrote this in 2016, just a couple, couple years ago. 33 years later, she, I don't guess I left one port out. She, she stole that Bible out of the room that night. She took it with her, took it home. Anyway, 33 years later, a nephew came to visit, to live with her for a few weeks to stay with her. And uh, the neighbor saw somebody new in her house, and he invited him over to come to a Bible study. So she gave him that Bible. She had more Bibles by now. She would become a believer and a churchgoer and everything. And, but anyway, she gave him that Bible and took it and went to the, went to the next door neighbors to, to uh, the Bible study. But after he'd gone a little while, he noticed that that Bible wasn't, didn't seem to be found, couldn't find it anymore. So the she, the next time she saw him, she, he confessed, yes, I took it with me. I, I stole it. And she said, that's okay. It was a hot Bible anyway. So it's okay that you took it. And she was really glad that he did that. So I use this testimony when we place new Bibles at the motel we stayed in in, uh, in Grand Island this year. We, placed, we gave them all a whole new group of Bibles and boxes of Bibles. And I told them, if somebody, you see somebody sneaking out of this hotel, with a Bible under their arm, don't call the cops. It's fine. You can steal the Bible out of the motel room because the Gideons will be back and replace it pretty soon. And just do that. One of my favorite stories about uh, the Gideons is uh, about Paul Nolan, an American. He had received three of these testaments. He got one of this, this color, either this or red, when he was a fifth grader in elementary school. He got another one when he was inducted into the into the army, but the biggest impact, he said, was one that he got when he had been arrested for um, attempted to buy cocaine from an undercover police officer, and he spent 11 days in the county jail. He had lots of time to read. He began reading it, and he absorbed the Word of God. He said it gave his heart and life to Jesus. And 12 years later, he told the story. He said, 
my life has been so blessed, so much more than your, than your imagination. So you never know how God's going to work. We, we have stories, too, that, about a fellow who was in the Korean War, and he had never, he, he still had his old army jacket. One day he was showing it off, and he felt something in the bump in the pocket. And there was one of the testaments that he'd gotten when he, was, when he had joined the military, been there. And he started reading that, and that he was convicted, and his life was changed too. And I say with every conversion, there's one less terrorist and one less potential criminal in this world. Many stories and, and are told about sometimes real hardened criminals who come in contact with a scripture, and they read it, they are convicted, and they start, and they become Christian people. And... Uh, seems like their life no longer had a purpose, but they're convicted of the Holy Spirit and their life is completely changed. You know, most of these scriptures that we hand out on the streets and stuff of Rio de Janeiro or Big Blitz in Omaha last year, no matter where it is, Chadron or Crawford, wherever it is, go to people who aren't apt to just walk into this church on a Sunday morning or any church on a Sunday morning. These are people that are not familiar with God. They aren't they aren't uh, Christians, they aren't believers, and they take them to the Scriptures. And maybe it's oftentimes it's the first book that they've, first time they've ever had a Scripture. And it's hard to believe, but that's the way it is. Most of us probably have several Scriptures and Bibles in our homes now, but lots of times there's a lot of Americans that still don't have Scriptures in their house and in their homes. And they go to fifth graders. We just had a distri- distribution at Shattern State College this past uh, about two weeks ago now, and we distributed about 400 scriptures, and it was so great to see the students with a smile on their face that will take them. There's one or two that rejected them, but not very many. Most, almost all of them did. Almost all of them took one, had a smile on their face, said thank you. Some of them said, I've already got two in my room. I don't really need one. They'd been there last year maybe when we did that too. But we go to college campuses and to hospitals, medical facilities, and uh, Anybody going into the military will get one, and uh, jails and prisons, and that's where there's probably as many passed out as almost any place in the United States is jails and prisons, and there's just some great stories about how those people have been changed. we, We do seek your prayers that you would pray that the doors remain open. And, you know, I think it's tougher in the United States almost to distribute scriptures now than it is in most of the foreign countries. And I've got a, a couple of more stories about that. And the Muslim countries, we have, as I said, we had 200 home, uh, countries in the United States where there are, or not in the United States, in the world where there are not, where there are not uh, camps, Gideon camps now. Almost all of them are... Muslim countries where we are not allowed to go into. And we pray that those doors would be open. And, uh, you know, you, you think, well, that's probably not going to happen. They hate us. They call us infidels. They want to kill us and stuff. And there's a lot of truth to that. But we also remember back in 1989 and in that era, for 40 years the people in Russia were told that there was no God, that God was dead. There was no God. And there was no distribution of Gideon scriptures or any scriptures in those in Russia for four decades, and there's some. It was a horrible thing, but all of a sudden the Iron Curtain crumbled. It had to be partly God's work, 
And within the next 25 years, 50 million scriptures have been gone into, uh, in, just into Russia, not just the Soviet Union. Something like 40 million had gone into the Ukraine. So there's, those things can happen. And, and there's a story here that this came from the international convention, or the state convention that we just went to. Trevor Johns was the international representative, came from the, the office and the headquarters in Nashville. He had been to Ghana this past year and on a distribution. They went to, tried to go to all the schools they could find in Ghana. And uh, they went, you know, the, they were on their way to one, and they see another one. There's a, they, know, they recognize it as a school. And uh, it wasn't on their itinerary to go there. But they decided they'd give it a try, see what's going on there. Well, they found out it was a Muslim school. But they walked in, and they, they prayed before they, they knocked on the door. But they walked in, and they told the headmaster that, uh, that they, were, they had a gift for the students. And so he said, that's okay, come on in. And they passed out and gave scriptures to all the students in the 69. As they were leaving... A lady came up from behind him and tapped him on the shoulder and said, Thank you. I've been praying for this. She was a Christian lady who had a job at that school. And she said, I have been praying for that. And said, If a Muslim receives a scripture, they will read it. And the conversion rate is high. She knew that. She lived in, that, in a country where Muslims are, are very, uh, there's lots of them. And she knew that. He had another great story that I liked that, he told about it being in India, and I understand that your Nelson's daughter wants to be a, go there. But anyway, India is quite a country. Lots and lots of different religions and lots and lots of uh, efforts have gone in there. But anyway, they said that they, they had to take, while they was there, to, to make the distribution, they had to go by boat on a, up a river to, to get to this school. And he said they didn't think this boat that they were on, it, it was more than just a little rowboat, it was more of a ship, but uh, they didn't think it might, may not have passed the U.S. Navy inspection because there was a guy in the back with a bucket and he was bailing out water all the time. But anyway, they made it to their destination and got there. And out, there was this school and it had, there was, they showed a picture of it. There had to be 2,000 students lined up there that were going to this school, and they were all waiting to, to receive one of these, these uh, testaments. It was just an amazing, uh, it made you feel that people want the scriptures. They will take them in so many countries. And oftentimes, in, particularly like in Africa, they, this is the first book that it, children will receive. And we get pictures of all of them with their hands out, kind of like this on the front of of this uh, test of the uh, insert today, where they're they're wanting a testament, and it's just a great opportunity for every, all of us to give them, make them sure that they're available to to them. It's a, a great thing. The one thing I like about the testaments, and I'm going to explain this to you, and you've probably all seen it, maybe, but it's the back of it. We call it the GPS. God's plan of salvation is in the back of the Testament. And, you know, you can read this without really too much instruction and get the game plan of what God wants. It starts off with John 3.16. You all know that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. 
Also, it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's another, it goes down the Roman road, as we call it, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. It goes through this. Down at the, another one, um, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Another Romans verse. And it goes to, behold, I stand at the door and knock from, from Revelations. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. Then there's a place to sign on it. They can sign their name. And we've got pictures of where maybe four or five people will sign this, particularly when they give them out at a school. Four or five kids will sign that. And, I, you know, the, the bottom verse here is, but it is written that if you may, that if you believe in the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, that in believing you will have life in his name. So it's a great thing that's in the back of these that, that helps. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be a genius to absorb that. I've sinned. Yes, I know that. Christ died for me. But I've also got the promises. If I believe in him, I will have life and life eternal. I also want to, t- I want to talk to you just a, a bit about the, the – there's – if you're not prepared today to help with the offering or anything, well, there's much good information here. You can tear this off, put a stamp, put a check in it, send it to the it's postmarked for you and everything. And I also, and I know that you have the Gideon Card Program, and I'm sure that I'm not sure that everybody understands the Gideon Card Program, but you've got a card rack back there, and um, I just think this is a great way to help the Gideons, and you can do it by helping people also. One of them, and probably the most popular one, is the one that used the most is in sympathy. When people, you, somebody passes away, if, and you want to give them, you can write it. You write a check and you send it to the Gideons. There's a small envelope in that. So write a check and tell them how many Bibles you want to pur- purchase in that person's name. Then you send this card to the person, that, the family of the deceased. It's a great way also to honor people. Maybe they're having an anniversary. You see this in the paper all the time. Somebody's having an anniversary, and it'll say, no gifts, please, or let your presence be your gift. But this is a way to, to honor those people, to uh, give, let them know that you are giving something in their name, and it will be good to purchase more scriptures. It will be distributed. Who knows where they'll go to, to. But a lot of these scriptures that I said were passed out in Brazil, and other places, Africa, no matter where it is, most of them, many of them, come from the United States. We are such a blessed nation. We have resources, and we have, we've, we've done a good job of managing most of the resources. Praise the Lord that he's blessed our country so much. It's just very discouraging to me in my life when I see people trying to run down and try to take Christianity out of our lives. Oh, my goodness. It breaks my heart, and I, they're not using their head because the way the United States has been blessed is so great. But anyway, I just, uh, if you have questions about that, why, uh, it's, a, it's a great thing to, to um, the card program, I think, is, is really a great, great way to, you can make a contribution, just deductible, and uh, make a contribution, and you can also honor and bless somebody else and some other family, let them know that you are thinking of them. We also are always searching for more Gideon members. And we'd like to have any of you that join. We won't work you to death. We won't make you the president of the camp next week or anything like that. But we, we need more people. 
one thing, we need maybe some better speakers, you know. So we need some people that would, would do this to, to help us in, and keep our, our camp alive. We, in Chattern, we, think, we know we're not a big part of the Dawes County and Sioux County. We've got members in Sioux County, and we've got members in Crawford. We've got members in Chattern. We've got even a few on the edge of, Sioux, or of Sheridan County that belong to our camp. But we know we're not a, a big part of it, but we can make contributions to it. We can spread the word in this town, take care of the needs here. We give them out at the college, the schools, and, uh, and go to the hospitals, all the medical facilities, and we try to do the best we can to, to keep up with the changing times, and we try to let people know that the Gideon work is alive and well in this country. I just want to thank you all for letting me explain something about the Gideon work and the magnitude of it. I think it's just impressive. Little old me, I couldn't belong to another organization, I don't think, that has this impact around the world, and it's just a blessing to be able to participate. So thank you, and uh, may God continue to bless this church, and it will always be a real, uh, has fond memories to me, and, and I know my folks uh, loved you people, and uh, they, intent, they really enjoyed coming here and being a part of this worship service. Thank you, Con. I don't think that scripture was supposed to be there, but it's pretty fitting to end. So uh, these things I have spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Um, interesting. I think Irene was trying to get a different one, and that's what ended up there, but that's interesting. Um, I was just doing some quick math, Con, and maybe my math is wrong, but you said about 88 million Bibles last year? 187. Okay. In the last two years. So we're averaging about. Okay. So I was going to say, well, that's still 36 years to reach the world. 37 years to reach all the population. There's 7.6 trillion people. That's right. And, and so uh, we've been talking this year in our church. You said a word impact. Uh, we want to have impact in our lives. We want to have impact in our community. We want to have impact in our nation and in our world. And Gideons are a great way for us to be able to impact the world. Uh, there's a scripture that talks about the word, and God's word does not come back void. It is good seed, and it will produce a harvest. And that's the trust that we can have. That's the understanding we have when it comes to the word of God. There is no better seed than the word of God. So uh, as a kingdom investment, it is a great kingdom investment for sure. I'm going to pray to conclude the service. I'm going to pray for the offering. We'll pray for the work of the Gideons. Father, we thank you for uh, just this morning uh, for the focus of your word and the understanding of the power of that word. I thank you for an organization that is committed to presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And God, we pray for those words. We pray for every testament that can be purchased with what we offer this day. God, we ask that they would Find good ground. We pray, Father, for kingdom fruit, for the work, for the countries that maybe they haven't been able to get the gospel, Father. We pray for breakthroughs in those countries. We pray, God, that you would meet needs, that you would provide for the word, that, that maybe it, it's 187 million this year, but it can be 300 million next. Whatever it is, God, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray your blessing be upon us. We ask you bless those who give again, and we pray, God, that you would just encourage and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen.
The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may the Gideon's work continue. Amen?